Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Okie dokie. Ready we when are you are. started with this episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. And this is Jill. And you may or may not actually um, recognize my voice. Unfortunately, I have had a sore throat and I apologize because I know that we only have one job on this podcast and is to have amazing audio for you guys. So I'm going to try to talk to not talk as much as possible because we have an amazing guest today. I'm so pumped to introduce you to someone who has been, he has played a huge role in my own growth. Um, I might've even told the story of hiring Rachel in the most recent episode on mentorship, but we are here with with uh, Rachel Cosgrove, who is not only a fitness expert, but in my mind, she is uh, much more than that. And obviously, she's a business expert because she was my very first business coach. She is the uh, founder of Results Fitness, which is a really successful gym here in California. And she is also the founder of Results Fitness University, which is a fitness business program. And we'll get more into that as well. She is um, the author of several books. She has been featured in multiple different fitness magazines, and she's an OG fitness expert. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We're here in, um, we're here in Mammoth and we just boarded all day. We did. And we're <laughs> a little brain dead. A little bit brain dead. And we're a little sore, but we're going to have <laughs> a great conversation. So for people who maybe don't know you and know your background, give us a little kind of like synopsis about, you know, how you kind of came into fitness, how you got your start, um, and then how your journey has evolved in fitness. Okay. Big question. Um, so growing up, I was into dance. That was my, my sport of choice. And I know people argue whether that's a sport or not, but it's a sport. Um, and so, uh, as a dancer growing up, you know, I was doing competitive dancing. I was always a competitor. I always liked to compete. I always, um, enjoyed being athletic, enjoyed being, uh, you know, physical and, uh, but I never had the dancer's body. I was, you know, always trying to get that dancer's body looking at the other girls and they had much longer legs than I did. And, you know, I was more short legged and long torsoed and it never quite, you know, worked out for that dance career. But, um, so I started down my path of trying to figure out how to look and feel the way that I wanted to look and feel. So of course, lightweights, lots of repetitions, every diet, you know, there is, and, you know, kind of went down every different path. I come from a family who struggles with their weight, struggles with obesity. So it's never Never been something that came easy to me. It wasn't something that I grew up with or that, you know, oh, you know, people think us fitness people, like we all, we've always had it figured out and it's just always been easy. And so it really was, um, you know, my own, you know, journey, really trying to figure it out for myself. And, and over that time, I, you know, I really uh, had a, ha a fascination with the human body and just what the human body could do. And I went to school for physiology. I got my degree in physiology with an, em an emphasis in exercise and health and didn't know exactly what my career path was going to be, but I knew that I... I anyone who gets that job knows. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that has that degree. I had it too. I was like, my mom was like, are you going to be a gym teacher? I'm like, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, then like I was in, it was a pre-med degree. So a lot of the people I was going to school with yeah. were going to med school, going to be physical therapists, going, you know, and I, none of those were really calling to me. So... Uh, and it wasn't a career path at that time, you know, um, and it, you know, you, you didn't, there weren't really anybody, it was kind of something you did on the side, you know, like I was teaching my step aerobics in college where, you know, making some extra money while I was in college. And, um, you know, so I never really knew 
what it was going to turn into. And so after graduating college, I moved to New York City to actually pursue my dance career. I continued to dance and had my degree. And, you know, that was my, my fallback. And so I was working as a personal trainer in New York City. And then I was on scholarship at a dance studio and I was auditioning and I was doing the whole dance thing. Plus I was training my clients and and started to really fall in love with personal training and wanting to learn even more and starting to realize I met Alan, my husband, and um, he opened my eyes to that. Uh, you know, it wasn't just um, what I learned in college. Like you think you got your degree, we're done. I know it all. And you know, I, you know, now I can get a job. Right. And, and uh, I started to realize I had, I had not even like started to learn the tip of the iceberg of what there was to learn when it came to fitness and health and changing my body and my client's body. And so, um, you know, just helping people. And so I started to learn and I started to, um, beyond college, you know, go to seminars and we started to host people to come in and, uh, you know, read books and just, uh, you know, really started to learn more and more. And I just, you know, really fell in love with it. I fell in love with the career of fitness. I fell in love with helping people. I realized I was good at it and I was meant to coach people and help them with all of the things I had been working on myself to figure out. And now I could help other people. And, um, so that's, you know, that's kind of how I ended up you know, in the fitness industry. And, and from there, you know, it just continued to grow. I um, was full-time in New York City as a trainer, working at different gyms, in-home training. I was kind of traveling all over and um, trying to make it work. And um, after two years, I decided I needed to get out of New York City and come back home. And so came back to California, which is where I'm from. And uh, Alan, you know, soon came back. He, we got engaged and he came back and we got married. And then we decided to, we were working at a couple of the local gyms in our area. And just we were frustrated with the standard. We were frustrated with we, you know, kind of big picture thinking what at was that the time. Standard at that time. Um, you know, honestly, it was like I said, it wasn't a career path. So a lot of the trainers were. It was on the side. They were, um, you know, they were the wearing the same clothes that they just worked out in to train their clients and, you know, doing the same workout client after we'd watch, you know, one trainer, like one client after the other do the exact same workout. And, um, we were, you know, and we always wanted to set a standard. Like that's always been, uh, you know, just realizing that our industry needed a higher, a higher standard. We needed to set a higher standard and that it was up to us. And so decided to have that feeling of it's up to us. Was that the personal development work? Cause I think sometimes most people would just go, well, this is how it is. So I have to fix it, fit into this box. How did you and Alan, like, was it a mindset thing that um, you had a confidence innate you grew up with? So definitely like you're talking about personal development, we went through an exercise and I don't remember who gave us the exercise, but, um, we all, you know, go through the exercise of our top frustrations and what are your current top frustrations? And knowing that, uh, the path we were on was not our long term. This isn't going to be, we're not going to work at this gym, you know, for the rest of our lives. So what, you know, what are our top frustrations? And so we started with that list and the list was, you know, really, um, where we were working and that we weren't happy with, um, there wasn't really the leadership we wanted. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't a career path. There wasn't anything, you know, offered to us as far as, you know, it being a long-term path. And so, um, you know, that was us deciding to open our own gym so we could leave all those frustrations and we could open our own gym and of course have a whole new set of frustrations. But, <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that was our, yeah. So as we opened the gym, we really did set up, like we wanted to create a place where we could, you know, our, our mission is to change the way fitness is done. And so that wasn't only for our clients, but it was also for the fitness professionals that were working for us. We wanted to create a place where, you know, when we were ready to hire our first trainer, that it could be a place where they could grow as a coach. They could, 
you know, we offer benefits to our coaches. They have retirement, they have health insurance. Like we want this to be a career where they can support their family and it's taken seriously. And it's, you know, we're professionals and we help people and we change lives and we should absolutely be treated as professionals. And I, you know, we just, um, wanted to start to change that in the industry. And so it's exciting now we've been open 20 years to hear other fitness professionals who have followed us, who have heard our story and who have also, you know, helped us to continue to set that standard and to, you know, really, um, elevate our industry and start to be seen as professionals and you know more and more people that this is a career for them and it's not something that you know they they end up getting burnt out and you know leaving and going to a corporate job because it's not sustainable and so um you know it's really awesome now to see more and more fitness professionals that are making a career of it totally and and, you know i mean i think obviously 20 years ago you guys were blazing a trail and doing your thing in like in california and now I think we are seeing more people taking it seriously and feeling like, okay, this could be a thing for me. But how do you help someone who, like, how do you handle that? How do you manage that? Okay, your employees are offered benefits. They have retirement. You know, like, how does that all work in the background? Because I think we we tend to think personal trainers are a dime a dozen, or we just do this until this is a young person's occupation, right? It's like, because you just do split shifts, 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. every night, like whatever. And so I talk to a lot of people who are burned out. How do you help your trainers and the people that you coach in your mentorship? How do you help them not get burned out, you know, really kind of manage their energy um, and then stay focused and not feel like this is a young person's career? It's definitely, I mean, thinking through your longer term, bigger picture of your plan of what do you want? Do you want to build a business? Do you want to build a team? Uh, do you want to build, you know, is it is it going to continue to be you training the clients? Then we do need to figure out how you're going to leverage your time because definitely working split shifts and one-on-one training is not going to be a long-term plan. And so what is your long-term game? Like what, you know, what do you want to create? And if it's not going to be a business with a team, I mean, I definitely, you know, our path is, and the, the people we help and the people who come to our mentorship is to create a team so that it, you're not doing all the work, but I can still go into the gym any day I want and I can be a part of 300 clients journey, you know, and I still am, you know, very involved. And so I get to still have that reward of being the coach, but not have the schedule of being a coach. And so that is possible, you know, and I think people don't realize that that's possible to be able to have that reward without the long hours um, and, you know, figuring out the path to do that. But um, I think it definitely starts with that. And then, and then, as you know, I'm big on leveraging your time. So you know, we, one of the first things we do is help people to switch from, you know, one-on-one training to, we got to go to groups. We got to do three to four clients at least in an hour. Like we can't, you're never going to be able to sustain one-on-one and no matter what you charge, you know, it's just going to be a hard, uh, long-term career plan if you're doing one-on-one and because you build that one-on-one relationship with the client, it's going to be hard to ever hand those clients off to another coach. And so that's one of the first things we do is, okay, how can we leverage your time better? What, you know, what are you doing that is not efficient that we could leverage better and get, you know, make the same amount of money in less hours so that we can figure out how to, you know, grow what you can generate and what you can make and how many clients you can help because you can help a lot more clients if you're leveraging your time better. And so that's really where we focus initially. I think like if you're coming up with the fitness space and I love that, which goes to this next question, which is if you're coming up with the fitness space, I think a lot of people's dream as a trainer is to open a gym. Do you think that everyone should open a gym? No. <laughs> how do you delineate? And that's a hard question. It, uh, business ownership is not for everybody. Well, and and business ownership of um, 
you know, setting up, you know, owning a team. I mean, you got to be good at leading a team and you got to be ready to, you know, if you're going to have a business, you, if it's just going to be you, then it's a job and you may as well work for somebody else because, you know, you're taking on all this risk and you're, you know, and now you still have to be there from nine to five and, you know, work every hour. And so if you're not ready to build a team, um, I think you definitely have to be good with people. I think you definitely have to be good, you know, at that longer term vision and knowing, you know, that you want a bigger picture and and it's, it is scary. A lot of people, you know, they don't, they hold themselves back being a business owner because they don't want to let go of that control. And if you're not ready to let go of that control, you're never going to be able to grow your business. And so it just depends on who you are. And if you are a control freak who is never going to be able to let go and who needs to be, you know, hands on with everything that you do long term, you're probably going to burn out and you're probably not going to be able to create a business that's going to be, you know, work for the long term. But I mean, Alan and I say all the time, we're like, gosh, if we had found a gym like ours to work at, I don't know if we ever would have opened a gym. There's more and more gyms now to work at that you can get the experience. You can, you know, um, you can like be a coach and make a good living and not take the risk of opening a business if that's what you want to be as a great coach. Because being a business owner is a whole different skill set. It's a whole different career. It's, you know, it's, it's once you're, you know how to be a business owner, you could, it doesn't matter that it's a gym. It could be a coffee shop. It could be, you know, it's, it's the same skills. And so if you don't want to learn those skills and you want to coach, then be a coach and be the best coach there is and put all of your effort into that and then find a good place, you know, to work and find a, you know, find leaders that are are going to be building a business that can create more opportunities for you so that you can do what you want to do. Yes. Love that. What do you think makes results different besides wait, for trainers, obviously, like you guys incentivize your coaches and trainers and make them feel um, really appreciated and all those things and give them uh, the ability to have a career. What about it for the gym members? It's definitely the community that we have. And I know like everyone says that and even, you know, whether you're a CrossFit or, you know, yeah, we have a community. Um, but yeah, I think because we have our, we have core values in place that we hire by that we, I mean, we even, you know, clients have to be, live these core values. Like if you're not somebody who, you know, has good days and great days and you're grumpy all the time, we're probably going to ask you to leave the gym and you're going to find another gym because it's, you know, we work hard to create a positive environment. And so we guard our gym and the environment and the culture and the community, you know, to, to really create a, a place where people connect to each other. And so, you know, I mean, even just recently I had a client say, oh, I've just, you know, I've got to make sure Janet's doing okay. It's a client talking about another client who she met at results. I got to make sure Janet's doing okay. If she's not coming in consistently, then, you know, I got to check on her. And I was like, you're going to check on Janet. You know, like it's not her coach. It's one of the other clients, you know, and she's like, yeah, I just worry about her. Cause, and it's, you know, one of our clients who, you know, goes in and out and, you know, she'll, she'll disappear for a little bit. And um, to have another client who met her at the gym to be, you know, making sure she's checking in on her and keeping her coming in is like, you know, I just thought that's, you know, that's what's cool about our gym and just the, the friendships that get built, the community that gets built, the, um, it, they, they don't come just for, you know, the results, which, you know, is what we thought we were building it for they come for the community of people. And uh, more and more, I have people say that. I would say like 20 years into our business, that's the thing I'm most proud of is the people that we have at Results Fitness and the community that we've built and to be a part of that and to see the family that we have. That's amazing because I think after 20 years, like you guys have perfected that. You know what I mean? Like you're, and I love the point about protecting the energy of the space 
because that is definitely something that I've learned from you more so in like an abundance kind of mindset. So I'll tell the story really quick and I wanted to, I want your take on it. So I don't know if you remember this, but you and I are working together in 2012 and I was getting ready to launch a, um, a higher ticket mentorship and it was going to be like $5,000. And I remember I was going to be selling on a webinar, which selling on a webinar, $5,000 tickets, probably not like feasible now, but back then, um, it was, and I had gotten this webinar together. I was so scared of sales. Uh, and I remember I had done like lower ticket stuff and I'd run through the sales stuff on at the end of the webinar, it'd take like 30 seconds and I'd be like, any questions? Like I would just run through it all. And I remember talking this out with you and you said, you need to give yourself a mental pep talk and you just have to say, you know, you, um, have to act like you don't need the sale. And that was such a huge moment for me because number one, I didn't have those clients already anyway. So it was like, okay, like if no one buys, then like, cool, what else is there, right? Like there's options, but also the abundance mindset of that. And so, you know, telling a client that they have to leave means you lose revenue. You know, me having an abundance mindset and not begging for business means I might not get the sale in theory. Right. How does that work on an energetic level? Because, I mean, I don't even see it as me losing the money. Like you're saying, like when I let that client go, right. I'm wondering how much they're costing me, mm. you know, because they're costing me energy. They're costing my team energy. Like if, you know, we're in a meeting and a client's name keeps coming up that, you know, this client isn't happy, this client is complaining, this, you know, and I know that our team are doing everything they can to make sure, you know, we take, feel, I love feedback, like feedback, I have no problem with, like bring, bring on the feedback that helps us to get better. Um, but if someone is just genuinely not a happy person and they don't, aren't a good fit for our gym, then um, they're going to infect other people. You know, if they start to complain and they start to behind my back, you know, talk to other clients and if it's not addressed or if, you know, and so I think, you know, how much is it costing me in my business? Um, not only, you know, are other clients leaving, right? Because they don't want to be around that, but our team now had to spend extra time with that person or an extra energy with that person, which took away from the other 10 clients who were amazing and who come in with great attitudes and who love what we do and who are, you know, fantastic clients. And so always, you know, anytime you do end up having that moment with a client or, you know, maybe you have to make that decision that, you know, I, we don't need this client. Um, I would shift right over to the clients that are awesome, yeah. you know, and like, let me call one of our awesome clients and tell them how amazing they are and how, how grateful I am to have them as one of our clients. And so, you know, just always remembering to focus on the, the, the piece that's growing because you pulled out the weed, you know, um, I had a client once that said to me, cause, um, you know, it's same thing with your team, like teams, like if you build a team you know, every once in a while, <laughs> well, you got to, you know, you have to, um, she said you have to prune the leaves. It's like, um, you know, when you have, you have a rose bush and you have to prune the rose bush, like you have to cut off roses that look perfectly good because they're going to end up sucking energy from the rest of the plant, you know? And so it was a good analogy because it's like, yeah, like why would you go through and prune a rose bush, you know, and it actually looks worse right after you prune it, but then you're going to have all of these flourishing flowers afterwards because you prune the rose bush. So it's knowing when to prune and knowing, you know, like in your life looking at, okay, who is going to start to suck energy from me? And if you can do it actually proactively, you know, so that it doesn't actually, you know, you're not actually being affected by that person. Um, that becomes the real skill so that you don't end up ever putting yourself in a situation where, you know, you, you do get affected by somebody who is negative, who's, you know, really trying to suck that energy from you. And, um, take you away from the things that you, the people you are trying to help.
So would you say that the core, the core values is really what drives those decisions? And Absolutely. Even individuals have a code of ethics or something that they make decisions by. Yeah. So like our core values, we know, bring your best, good days and great days, have fun and a sense of humor, you know, um, keep leading, exceed expectations. I mean, all of these core values are core values that we hire by. So when we sit down to hire somebody, we ask them questions to figure out, do they, do they, are they one of us? <laughs> I mean, it's really the question is, are they one of us? Like, and if, you know, if they have these core values, then they're going to fit in with this team and they're going to be awesome. And, you know, it's going to be a good fit and we're going to be able to work together and, you know, do big things. If they don't have these core values, if they don't constantly learn and improve is one of our core values. Like if they don't take, you know, continuing education seriously, if they, if we say, hey guys, we're excited, we're going to a seminar, we're, you know, we have, so, we have a speaker coming in to talk to you. And if they're like, oh, really? Like I have to stay after work for another hour to learn from somebody, right? Like, no, like they better be excited and they better be, you know, and that's a lot of our team work for us because of those opportunities. They, you know, they stay with our team because we bring in people and we grow our team and they want that. And so, um, yeah, those core values are what, that's who we are. And if that's not who you are, then you don't belong here. And, um, you know, if uh, same, you know, and it, it goes for the, and the entire culture of the gym and it's, you know, part of, you know, not just, it extends from the team to the client. And I always have believed, like, like attracts like, right. And I think whatever you're putting out, you're going to get back. And so, um, you know, if you're putting out good energy and you're a positive person and, uh, you know, you're going to end up attracting people that are going to be similar to you. So it's, it's not that hard to do because most of the people you attract anyway are going to be the people that are going to be attracted to what you already do and what you're already putting out there. And so it's, you know, it's not like it happens all the time, but every once in a while, there's somebody who ends up at your gym or ends up in your circle who is not a good fit for you. But um, overall, if you're putting out that, you know, good energy, you're going to end up and you're a good, you know, you're like you will attract similar to, to who you are. And I think we all know that when you see circles of people, you know, they tend to, to be around other people that are very similar. Yeah. Or kind of self-select out of it maybe. Right. In some way. Yeah. So what has been obviously 20 years in business, super successful. You guys are still love what you do. Great community. What has been maybe the biggest challenge in that growth? That's not a small time period of time. That's, you know, that's a lot when we talk about a business. Oh gosh. Biggest challenge. Um, or anything that you've like a big lesson you guys had to learn maybe the hard way or. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, definitely, I mean, as you know, we went through like Alan had cancer. So for us, you know, we had, he had, he was diagnosed with cancer four years into opening our business. And so getting that diagnosis was, a, you know, that shakes anybody to the core when you get uh, diagnosed with a life threatening disease and you realize you have a business that runs, you know, like we've been setting up systems and we've been putting things in place to run without us, but never thought we were going to have this test, you know? And I think for anyone, you know, you never expect that. And so realizing if something were to happen to you or, you know, life were to like life can change in a moment. And I think, you know, a lot of times we all think we're the ones that's never going to happen to me, but it can happen to anybody. And so making sure that for us, you know, we had all our systems in place and we had a team in place. And, um, and that's why we want to help other business owners to set their businesses up so that it will continue to help you know, support their families if something were to happen. And we've actually since had mastermind members who have gotten diagnosed with cancer and been down the exact same path that we've been on and, 
had to step out and go through chemotherapy and their businesses run and, you know, support their families. And it's like, you know, and Alan and I have been through this a couple times now where we've had, we've had coaching members that have ended up, you know, with something happened to the, to them or their family that they had to step out because we've coached a lot of people over the 20 years. So it's, you know, you end up with that. Ha- and like the first time at, we were like, this isn't, we didn't mean for anybody to go down this path and right. do this, you know, but the cool part was that, you know, seeing, I mean, even right now we have like, I don't know, I had a call this morning. We had, um, we have a bunch of people that are having babies. And so, you know, they're having babies and they all get to take like maternity. They're like, yeah, I'm going to take like six weeks off and I'm going to be getting paid and my business is going to run and I'm totally stepping out. And so it could be happy stuff too, right? So it's, you know, helping people to, um, you know, I think that's part of the, the lesson that we learned the hard way was, you know, having to step out of the business and making sure that it was running itself and that it was going to continue to support us. And that when we were, you know, as Alan fought this life-threatening disease and, you know, we were distracted from the business, was it going to keep running? And, you you know, it was actually continuing to grow while we were out and that way we could step back in, you know? And so, um, we actually took a whole year off after that and just let it keep running. And then, you know, we got, we were like fired up to get back in after that. And so we love working at the gym and that's, you know, where we, our passion and it's what we love, but, um, you know, it's still, I think, and that's what every coach uses that excuse of why they don't delegate and why they don't hire coaches and why because no I love it I love coaching I don't need to build a team well you might want to you know if you're going to build this business for the long term you might want to think about building a team building systems delegating and really turning it into a business and not a job and uh and just you know prepare you just never know what life holds and you know and give yourself it's freedom like I think you know that's what the biggest thing our business has done for us is given us freedom to be able to step out of our business if we need to or if we want to you know it's um it's not just money freedom, but it's time freedom, you know, to be able to do that. And I think, I mean, to be able to come snowboarding for three days, you know, during the week, I think that's, you know, it's, that's your business should support your life and should help you to create the life you want to live, you know, and if it's not doing that, then you need to make changes. So, you know, that's, I would say that's the the most challenging part is making those changes. And, um, but it is something that's absolutely necessary. Love it. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm sure you guys have had a lot of like mini challenges along the way, and that's one of the things that I do love about. I always say that building your business is innately personal development because it's something that maybe you never could have dreamed of that would be testing you in some way, whether it's relational or your own, you know, part, your own ego, or you know, something like you said, taking feedback. Maybe now you take feedback, but maybe back then at some point you we were like got a little bit more of a bruised ego than you do now. Right now you see it as, you know, a benefit that people right. would feel safe enough to give you feedback. So you kind of mentioned it. The second part of your business, besides the gym, obviously, which is great and it runs itself and you guys have this awesome community, is you coach other business owners in Results Fitness University. Um, and that's what I actually was in with you guys. And I think I was like one or two people who were in the the mentorship that did not have a business. But at that time, I was just coming out of competitions and I was really wanting a mentor and I wanted a business coach. And I was like looking at the people who <laughs> were in the magazines and were you know on covers of magazines and they were... Um, top level competitors. I'm like, these people don't know business either. Right. And I looked to you and I saw that you and Alan had built a successful business. You had a couple of books out like, and so there was kind of an aspirational, which I always think is something that you should look for in a mentor, someone who's maybe five years ahead of you, 10 years ahead of you and can show you the ropes. And so I didn't have a business, but the gems and the kind of the mindset shift 
that you helped and facilitated for me was obviously hugely monumental for my business. What do you do in Results Fitness University for your clients? So like you said, it's definitely the mindset shift is day one. And when we first meet our first, you know, we do a mentorship. So it's three day mentorship where they come and hang out with us for three days. And our goal during that three days is we're not going to be able to give you every system and, you know, completely revamp your business. But if we can get your mindset where we need it, then we can get everything else done, you know, over time. (laughs) And so um, that's our biggest goal that first three days is really to get their mindset, you know, shifted to realize because we see the potential. Like, you know, when I met you, I saw the potential. You know, you see and as you know, as you now coach people, you know, when you first meet them and you're like, how do you not see this? How do you not see all of the things that you could accomplish? Uh, And so helping them to see that and helping them to find that path of, you know, what is possible. And so it's always really, um, you know, rewarding to see the eyes open and, you know, them realize the vision of what could be possible for them in their business and in their life. Um, So that's definitely at the bigger picture, you know, step one for them. But then it's also, you know, for us, we want to, we're, we've always been the Monday morning, like we want to give you stuff to get done Monday morning. Um, I, you know, it's like, it's great to go to a rah-rah, you know, mindset talk and come out all fired up. But like, what do I do Monday morning? Like, what is my step one? And, uh, you know, for us, you know, really breaking it down in a business, there's so much that you have to get done and it can be so overwhelming. And so because we've been down that path, really, you know, figuring it out in stages of, okay, here's where you're at and here's your next step of what we need to accomplish, you know? And so, um, really breaking it down for them and and giving them those steps so that they know, okay, this is what I need to do today to get my business to the next level. Because looking ahead at where they want to take it can, you know, it's, it can just put them where they end up freezing because it is so overwhelming. And so that's our job as a coach is to, you know, see the bigger picture and then be able with outside eyes looking in, you know, the perspective that we have to say, okay, this is the next step you need to take because, you know, to them, it's just a mess of, I don't know which way to go. It's overwhelming. Or there's all these different, you know, directions I could go. Um, and so that's what we, you know, we love to do is to give them, okay, here's your next step. And especially when we work with people who are really coachable and who are, you know, who follow it, you know, our steps along the path and we see them create these businesses that are, you know, doing awesome. And it's, you know, we, it, it, if they follow the steps and they follow our, our guidance and we, you know, they're consistent with getting on the phone with us and helping us, letting us coach them, that, uh, you know, we can get their businesses up and running to where they run without them, but they can be there if they want. And, you know, they're, it's, you know, it's a successful business that they can live the life that they want to live. It's so good. And I love that you said that you start with the mindset stuff because I think that is, it's insidious, right? So it's like, okay, it does permeate all of the things what does that mindset shift look like for this person? Like they come in feeling this way. Obviously you mentioned possibility. Maybe they don't see the possibilities. Are they scared, overwhelmed, um, self-doubt, you know, like are they, and then what are the maybe two or three major mindset shifts that you help them make? Uh, so yeah, they come in burnt out usually, you know, they hate their alarm clock, um, (laughs) overwhelmed and not, knowing like how they're going to get there, you know, um, and not even sometimes even knowing why they're there, you know, like, I don't even know why I signed up for this mentorship, but I'm here, you know, (laughs) something told me I needed to sign up and, you know, for some reason they ended up, you guys are really good at marketing and they're like, like, somehow I landed here. Yeah. (laughs) And and a lot of times it's, they saw us live, you know, they'll see us live and they connect with something we said or resonate with our story. And, uh, and that's what, you know, gets them to take action to then, you know, trust us and show up at one of our mentorships and, but 
showing up and being there, that's like the game changing, life changing event for so many people. And I mean, it's awesome to hear your story of, you know, that that was your game changing, you know, to, to be a part of it is, and just making that one decision. I mean, it's, you know, for people, it's, you know, like they could either not make that decision and continue on the same path that they're on. It's so easy to not make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. And it's, you know, or like one, you know, yeah, you had to invest some money and invest some time and, you know, spend, you know, get it, probably get on a plane and travel a little bit. And it's a big investment for the people that show up at our mentorship. I I realize that, um, it's a huge investment and, but that investment becomes a small investment when, you know, they start to put the the things in action. So sitting in the mentorship, I think the mindset shift is, you know, it's a pretty big one because they don't even, a lot of times they don't even realize why they're there. (laughs) And then once they start to hear and we start right away with, you know, lifestyle design and okay, what do we want your business to create? And, you know, we got to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're not, we don't want to give you the path until we know where you want to go, you know? And if, if you don't know where you want to go, then we got to get clear on that first because, uh, I can't help you as your coach if you don't know where you want to go. And so, you know, spending some time, okay, what, what does the ideal day look for you, look like for you? And a lot of people have never thought about that, you know, and if, if you are still coaching clients, how many hours are you coaching clients? Maybe it's, maybe you are still, you know, what are you, what are your favorite hours to coach clients? Maybe that's part of your ideal day is maybe you get to wake up and spend time with your kids and, you know, maybe the gym's running without you, but then maybe you show up at 9am after you drop the kids off at school and you get to coach a few clients and be a part of their journey. Like what is your ideal day? You know, um, and for a lot of our mentorship attendees, they want to be a part of their, their family's life. You know, they want to be able to go to their kids' baseball games and, you know, do the things that they could be involved in, but they also want to still run their gym and do what they love and what they're passionate about. And they're trying to find that answer of how do I, how can I have it all, you know? And so realizing that they can and that they don't have to give up on their dream of a business and of their passion and of helping people and that it is possible to continue to build this business and get the life you want and spend the time with your family. And, you know, it's all, you can have it all, you know, but you got to follow, you know, we we can give you the steps. Yeah. And, (laughs) and it is, you know, it is going to, and it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to ever say that, you know, business ownership is not easy. And like you said, it is like to be a business owner, you do have to be ready for personal development and you do have to be ready to do the hard work. And if you're not ready to do the hard work, it's not going to, you're not going to make it. And so that's, you know, that is part of it is, you know, there isn't a magic pill (laughs) and and that you do have to be ready to, to, you know, to put the work in on yourself. And it's, you know, it's your business a lot of times is a reflection of you. And so whatever work you need to do, like if, you know, you're frustrated with your business or you're frustrated with your team or you don't like the clients that you're training, again, like attracts like, you got to look at yourself first. And that can be a tough yeah. You know, that's tough, right? Cause it's like, you want to blame everyone else and point the finger at everyone else. And you know, it's my clients didn't pay me on time and you know, my team are all taking advantage of me and no, actually you're the one that set that all up. Like you actually created that <laughs> and, right. and it was up to you. And, and that's hard. You have to, oh, like, it's so hard. Humble pie. Cause you're like, you're right. Yeah. And it is so hard. One of the things that I love about you know, what you taught me is the importance of boundaries. And it's like, of course, but why do you think that we're scared to set boundaries with people? You know, I like think we want clients. Yeah. Family. I think people are afraid people, you know, people are gonna be mad at them. Everyone wants everyone to like them. Um, if it's like fear of, uh, you know, I mean, it's all every, I mean, most things are out of fear, right? A fear of rejection, a fear of, um, you know, people talking badly about you. Right. Um, but 
it, yeah, setting boundaries is that, that teaches people to respect you. Like that's actually where you get the respect, you know, that's like people are, if people are taking advantage of you, that's way worse than what the repercussions would be of you setting a boundary and them actually respecting your time, respecting, you know, your space. And, uh, you know, as soon as you start to set those expectations and then people realize, like people want to know, they want to, especially if you're the leader in your company, they want to know what the, the boundary is. Like they want those guidelines and and they want to know for themselves like what 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 can I get away with what can I get away you know like they're going to test it and if you don't have clear guidelines clear boundaries you know and it's gray and everything's gray and it's all you know mix and match that's a very hard environment to get anything done in and to be productive and to be successful in you have to have those boundaries it's so good. I think sometimes we don't set boundaries maybe because we're like, well, like I think it's definitely like fear of rejection, whatever, but also because we assume that other people are going to do it like we would do it. Yeah. So we're like, oh, well, of course they're going to know. They'll just know. <laughs> they don't know. No, no, no they, they don't. don't. I mean, they, and I, I think as a business, so when you open a business, you're different anyway. Like you, you think differently than most people. And I think, I mean, I still have this wake up call, you know, cause I'll like, you realize your like your employees don't think like you or even friends or you know people in your life that are employee mindset yep. you know and are not business owner mindset and you start having a conversation and then you realize whoa we think way differently and then you're like <laughs> oh yeah that's why I opened a business because I'm crazy but yep. I you know like it takes a certain kind of person and it's you're definitely um you know you think differently and yeah they don't realize you know, and, until you teach them, until you show them that, and then that's like, you're going to be the one who's actually going to help your team or help the people that are working with you to, to understand, you know, boundaries and understand how to, um, respect other people and understand how to work, you know, in an environment to work as a team and, um, work with each other. And, you know, that's like the coolest part is when you do get that magic of a team that does understand how to work together and does respect each other and does understand that it's, this is a professional relationship, you know? Um, I think that's just so important. And so like, you know, I think in our industry, it's like so many people cross those lines of personal and professional. And it's so important to, you know, compartmentalize and have that professional relationship with your clients and with your team and be the professional that, that, that we want to be seen as, you know, and it's like, how can we demand people see us as a professional if we're not acting like professionals? So yeah, it's important. It's so good because I think we do. There has to be, it's so funny. So before we started talking um, on the podcast, Rachel had me do an Instagram or sorry, Facebook live for her mentorship people. And one of the things you're talking about is this connection piece. So it's like, we do want to feel like people would rather be liked than looked up to in a way, right? Like they'd yeah. rather just like be right. like, oh, but like, we like, and so I think you saying you need to be professional makes a lot of sense, even though we're like, we don't necessarily like what that maybe says about us or what the person's going to think about us. But if we're talking about the bottom line, which is, do you want to have a successful business that people love coming to? It's like, there needs to be those things. And so you wouldn't think it'd be that hard, but teaching people how to treat you is something that people have to practice. We did a whole episode on it actually. Yeah. Um, well, and I think um, like, yeah, as you grow, you know, as a business owner, you're going to have more and more people that aren't going to like you. Like, and it's just part of it. Like part of success is <laughs> that not every, and I have a, I'm, you know, a very relationship oriented person and I like people to like me. And it's one of those things that you have to get to be okay with that. Um, if you're going to, you know, be 
if you're going to help people and you're going to, you know, you're going to climb the ladder of success and you're going to do things that are going to be, you know, you know, people are going to, some people are going to resent you and some people are going to have negative feelings about you and some people are going to try to tear you down and it's going to happen. It's happened to Alan and I, and it's not easy when it does, but, and it's, you know, and it, it's part of it. Like it's part of realizing that when you climb, you know, higher than other people, their reaction is to pull you back down to where they are. Cause that makes it much easier for them. You know, if you stay at their level and so, you know, just start to realize that if, if you want everyone to like you, then <laughs> you probably don't want to try to be super successful because, <laughs> um, that's not part of, the, the game. I mean, it's just not. It's so true. I always tell my girls that your success alone is going to be polarizing. So you could be the sweetest, kindest, like most value oriented person. On, like I teach online business, but like, you know, like you're so good. You respond to everyone. Like you're doing all the things, the like likability things. But because you're successful, your success alone is going to be polarizing. People right. are just going to have. Or maybe someone thinks you're too sweet, or right. yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> like you're right? too or, nice, or, or yeah, you deserve success, <laughs> or look at they don't yeah. have this great certification, or right. like, there's always something. Yeah, like, you're just more in the spotlight, which is I think why people do sometimes fear success because now there's more accountability, there's more eyes on you, there's more responsibility, there's further to fall. Well, and people are looking for you to fall too, right? I mean, some people, the the people who you don't need to worry we about, like a good like celebrity. Right. Here's <laughs> 2007 moment, right? Like, oh, totally. I mean, something about it that feels satisfying at like that very deep base human <laughs> part of you. But, but, and those are the people, the people who are not rooting for you and who are not supporting you and who are not, you know, they're not part of the people you're going to help. You know, they're, they're the ones who, um, you know, they're, they're, they're never going to be able to be helped by you. And so you just have to be ready for that. I think that's just part of, you know, you've got to make decisions based on your values and, you know, based on what, what you want to create and based on the people you want to help and know that those decisions are the right decisions, regardless of if everyone likes it or not. And, and that's, especially as a business owner, you definitely have to, you know, think about, um, like sometimes I have to make decisions that my team don't necessarily think are the right decision, you know, but I always tell them, listen, guys, I'm going to make decisions for this company that I'm going to make sure that this company is going to be able to continue to support you. And that's number one, you know, is, um, and so sometimes these decisions might not seem like they're, uh, you know, maybe you don't think they're in your best interest, but they actually are. It's a bigger picture that I have my vision on. And so as long as my team trusts me and they know that, um, but it's not always easy as a leader to make those decisions that are, you know, not the most popular decisions. So hard. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, I love this because I do think there's a good amount of our listeners who are um, business owners or who want to become business owners. They're obviously in the health and fitness space. If you guys are not following Rachel, make sure you do. I want to get into what you're personally excited about now, okay. which I've just learned about um, in the last 24 hours, which are Spartan races. Yeah. So you're like at like a international like crazy level for this thing. What is <laughs> exactly what's a Spartan race? Um, so a Spartan, it's an obstacle course race. Okay. And so that's like the sport is obstacle course racing and Spartan is a brand. So it's a business. Um, and, uh, and it's an amazing, like when I went to my first, it's some, a business to study because when you go and you talk about community and you talk about building a tribe, like he, you know, definitely Joe DeSena is the owner of Spartan and he came up with this concept of Spartan and you go and you have all these people people who are, you know, are ruining and are Spartans and are getting Spartan tattoos and, you know, and it's just like, wow, That's like crazy. this is crazy. And I originally was not really that into it. I was like, a, a bunch of our clients wanted to do it and 
Um, you know, I've always competed in different things and I've always had something, you know, that I was competing for training for, and I, that's just part of who I am. And it's, I feel like being a competitor is part of what makes, like, if I'm not like working towards something or competing in something physically, I'm not as good of a business owner and I'm not as good of a, you know, I like, I feel like I'm better in everything. I'm better in my relationships. I'm better in everything. If I have a physical goal that I want to that I'm working towards because I I'm just I'm a I'm a competitor I'm I'm an athlete I like to be an athlete I like to push myself I like to challenge myself and I like to compete and so triathlons powerlifting meets you know back in the day figure competitions yeah um you know whatever it is like it's usually something that I'm you know I have you know that I'm training for just to push myself and just to keep you know keep myself motivated um and so um Spartan races came along and I had really heard about Tough Mudder, which was like you yep. dunk under the mud and there's like, you know, you get electrocuted and like all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, I'm never doing that. You guys are crazy. Like this sounds ridiculous. Then a bunch of our clients and some of our coaches did a Spartan and decided they were like, I think we want to do a team at results. And I was like, what? We're doing a Spartan team. That's crazy. Is there electrocution involved? Like, no, there's no electrocution. Like, okay. And I don't like our clients to do anything that I haven't done. So and our clients were into this. There was like 30 clients that were like, yeah, we all want to do this. Okay. So these two coaches ran the coaching and I just joined the team as alongside our clients. And I got coached by our team and did train for the race. And I did it in the open division and, um, you know, did the, did it, it had a blast. It was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I realized like it is an event you could train for. Cause that was my whole thing. Like I never want, I, why would I want to do that? I can't train to be electrocuted. You can't, you know, I want something that I can train for. Like if I know I can, you know, follow a training program and like, I just, you know, again, fascination with the human body, like I can put a demand on my body and I can see it change and see myself get better at something. Then that's what I want to train for. And so I started to realize you could, like there was, um, the same obstacles in Spartan races that are, um, always, you know, part of the, um, it's like your, you know, your monkey bars or the hanging obstacles or the, um, you know, heavy carries or, you know, all the different obstacles are definitely trainable. And so as you I get s- to know what it is before the race. Yeah. They tell you, well, they t- like, it's, they're pretty standardized now. So yeah, you pretty much know what's going to be in the race. You don't always know where it's going to be in the race and like what the order is going to be. But you know pretty much where it's going to be. So I had a blast in that first open one, helping each other, very team-oriented. Um, did a couple more. And then, um, you know, but I wasn't really, like, into it. I turned 40. I had just wasn't really, like, feeling – I wasn't motivated. I kind of lost my, like – you know, motivation. I was like, you know, here I am like one of, and I started to see myself go down a path of getting less fit, working behind a desk, you know, not as active. I'm not coaching as much and, um, realizing, oh my gosh, I'm like becoming the statistic of the 40 plus woman that's, (laughs) that's going down this path. And so, um, saw the the movie Wonder Woman. Have you seen Wonder Woman? Okay. So I love Wonder Woman and I think, you know, I've always loved Wonder Woman, but went and saw that movie and I was like, oh my gosh. And then as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, this is just like an obstacle. Like she's flipping over cars, right? It's like flipping a tire. It's like, yeah. <laughs> she's, you know, throwing, you know, it's like all the obstacles. So as I watched that movie, I was like, you know what? Like I need to do competitive. I need to get like, I'm going to do this next year. I want to be, they, they just added a competitive division for age group. And so I could compete against other women that were 40 to 49. And so I decided to 
joined the competitive ranks and um and alan had started coaching some of our competitive spartan athletes and so and i was like you know what's this all about like what you know why, why are you so into this and so i wanted to get involved and you know get coached and, and do it and it's, and it's been a blast it's been really fun because it's something to train for i wasn't good at all of the hanging obstacles like i couldn't really do the monkey bars or any of that stuff and to be able to learn how to do something new when i'm going on 45 years old and like being getting you know like seeing myself learn new skills um is awesome like it's just so much fun for me and it's fun to be around other 40 to 49 year old women it's you know like we talk about surround yourself with people who you know are going to push you and are going to challenge you and like standing at that start line with other competitive women who are there you know proving that you know what like as we age we don't have to you know give in and be complacent and you know that we can get better we can get stronger we can learn new skills we can continue to grow and um, as people and challenge ourselves and so it's just been really good for me as far as you know mindset wise and just the whole you know obstacle course racing it's just like business owning a business it's just like life there's going to be a wall there's going to be something you got to climb over there's going to you know like that happens in business right and so it's like a true analogy for like I feel like it really helps me train my mind to be even stronger like I already had a pretty strong mindset but um doing obstacle course racing has given me even more tools in my mindset Mm. you know because I it's you know yeah every race you come up against a low point when you're like this sucks I hate this this is gonna be hard like how am I ever gonna finish and then you come up against obstacles that you're like, I don't think I can do this. And then you tackle it and you get it done. And you're like, wow, I just did that. That's crazy. Um, you know, it, like, so it teaches you, you know, and, and it's like, I know that stuff, but to be able to physically do it and practice it is pretty cool, you know, to have that like mindset practice and physical practice of um, dealing with obstacles. And so when an obstacle comes up in life, you know, it's the same mindset. It's the exact same skills like those mindset skills are the same whether you're you know dealing with something that's going on in your business or you're dealing with you know something in your family life or whatever it might be it's still an obstacle um so it's kind of that that parallel was something i never saw coming um and it's kind of part of why i'm hooked on it now is just i do love having that um physical training but also the mental training and the mindset uh, that it gives me and you know i feel like it's made me a even stronger um mindset wise yeah Gosh. Yeah. I mean, life is an obstacle course, right? Yeah. If you think about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's how you react to each obstacle, right? Like it's all about our reaction. So if, you know, whatever that obstacle is, you can either collapse and start crying or you can, you know, which sometimes you want to, and that can be, you know, a temporary response, but you know, in the end, like you got to be Wonder Woman and you got to climb the wall. You got to flip the tire. You got to, you know, like tackle it with everything you have and give it everything you have. And you might surprise yourself. Love it. Yeah. So if someone wants to get involved, do you think just sign up? For Spartans? Yeah. Any, yeah. You can you sign can up. Sign so, up. and we have a huge now community at results that okay. a lot of our clients, so because people have been members for so long, they started to want to do other stuff, you know, so this became one of the things that they do. So we have um, Spartan teams and I think, yeah, if you're going to do a Spartan, you definitely want to hire a coach and, you know, or, you know, learn, learn a little bit of the specifics of obstacle skills. But if you're, you know, it's definitely a, the cool part about it is it's like endurance training with strength training mixed in, um, which is, you know, the best of both worlds as far as fitness goes is kind of bringing it all together. You have to have mobility to be able to crawl under barbed wire to climb over walls. You have to, you know, be strong to do the heavy carries. And then it also has to be the strength to weight ratio to do all of the hanging obstacles. Um, so it really does like force you to, you know, really make sure you're fit in, in every way. 
I mean, should I sign up for one? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Let's do I'll it. Come up to results and train up. Let's do it. Um, Did I you guys hear that? She's doing a Spartan with me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Be careful what you say to me. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, so, last question. This is um, the Best Life Podcast, and we like to know from our guests what do you consider the best life for you? Like, what is, like, what are you doing when you're like, this is just the best life? Um, What does that look like? I mean, it definitely goes back to that word freedom. And I think the freedom to be able to do what I'm passionate about and what I love, which is coaching still, you know, even though I'm a business owner, I still love to be a part of the coaching process and to be at the Spartan race this past weekend and see my clients cross the finish line. And um, to be able to be a part of that every day, yet, I can leave and go snowboarding. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going snowboarding for three days. Um, So to me, like that's the ultimate best life is is having the career and the the like not having to give up the business that I love, and you know the clients and the you know the the people and you know having that community and place that I can walk into Results Fitness and just feel the energy and be there any day I want to, you know, Um, and like that having that, but it's freedom, right? It's the freedom to, to do, to have that still and not have to give it up, but also be able to do whatever, travel when I want to travel. Um, and you know, be able to help people. Like I, you know, that's definitely for me, the best life is to be able to help people, but, and you know, and and to continue to grow, like if I'm not growing and I'm not learning and I'm not challenging myself, I'm not happy. So, I mean, it's, that is part of it too, is, um, freedom, but also, you know, looking for how, what am I going to do next? You know, I don't think I would be happy if I were still just like, coaching clients, you know, one-on-one, <laughs> nine to five, you know, I, because I'm always looking for what's next. And so that's my own personal best life is, yeah, still, still being able to be a part of the, the business that I love, but having the freedom to do what I want when I want and continuing to grow and be around cool people like you who uh, push, push each other. I think that's the fun part of, um, yep. you know, living your best life is finding other people who are also, you know, in the same mindset and living, like understand that mindset and understand, you know, that lifestyle um, and being around those people. I think that's, you know, part of the fun of it is people, you know, being around other people. Yeah. For sure. As you're describing your best life, I'm like, yeah, me too. I want like the freedom, but I also want to do what I love, you know, which is coach too. Uh, I love that. And so where can people connect with you? Where are you hanging out online? Where can people DM you at? So I am on Instagram for Rach. It's Rach Cosgrove. So R-A-C-H Cosgrove, my last name. So definitely head over there and follow me on Instagram and you can DM me there. Um, I'm also on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, Rachel Cosgrove fan page. And then um, our websites, if you are interested in coming to one of our mentorships, um, head to resultsfitnessmentorship.com. You guys, if you are wanting to be a business owner or you currently own a business, I cannot recommend Rachel and Alan enough. And I say that because I was literally in their mentorship for a year and it completely changed the trajectory of my own business. Um, These two are, um, not only are they like so caring and possibility oriented, but they are, they're like they're like the boss of you too, which you also need in that point. Like they, they'll definitely hold you to a high standard. And that's what I really appreciate about you guys is that you hold yourself to a high standard and you also hold your clients to a high standard. You're like, are we doing this or not? 
And I really appreciated that. I still appreciate that so much about you. Um, but if you guys own a business or you own a gym or you are wanting to do that, make sure you um, stalk Rachel on Insta. Reach out to her on DM like I did and she'll give you all the details on their next mentorship and how you guys can get involved. So Rachel, you're the best. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for and, having uh, me. Let's go get a, let's go have a beverage. Let's go have a beverage. Okay, bye you guys. Cheers guys. We'll see you soon. I apologize <laughs> for my voice. We'll see you next time. Bye.